Hello, and welcome to Happy Hour Hoops. Um, this week's episode, we will talk about the conference finals, but first we want to talk a little bit about um, the NBA boycott last week and just kind of shine a light on what the players have been doing. Um, we have not ourselves, we went silent on social media. We decided um, on our own social media that it wasn't really necessary for us to be um, out there trying to get attention based off of the boycott. There was enough going on around. Um, we, and we really just wanted to let the attention shine on what the players were saying and what they were doing. Um, it's such an important cause. We talked about it a couple times over this podcast. Um, besides the basketball reasons that these guys are in the bubble, they're here to bring bring knowledge and bring awareness to the social justice issues going on in this country and that continue to go on in this country. Um, and it's it's an extremely admirable and historic thing that they decided to do last week. And it's something that uh, made people a lot of really emotional and made people, you know, especially hardcore NBA fans, really appreciate why they're fans of these guys, um, myself included, um, just to support a movement that they care deeply about and to be willing to put their work on the line to um, to make a statement and get things from the owners that they wanted to get done to try to um, get all the arenas to be voting centers and just donating their money and time to the efforts that these players care about. It's incredibly important and we just wanted to make sure that we weren't, you know, trying to get attention off of the NBA players, you know, trying to put attention on themselves and the cause that they were fighting for. But I urge you in this time to take the time today to go find what Jamal Murray said at last week, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, um, all players, a ton of players conducted a bunch of interviews to explain how they felt and why they were doing what they were doing. Um, there are podcasts with Bomani Jones, David Aldridge. Um, so just go, the content's out there on The Athletic, on The Ringer, um, on different podcast spaces. I know, um, and yeah, and I think that I encourage you to just go educate yourself and listen to these guys and listen to what they care about and the issues that they, um, that have been arising for them in this country and support them. If you want to support this league, support your, support the players and, uh, yeah, it was a truly historic moment last week, and I admire the hell out of the players for what they did. And um, we just wanted to put a little focus on that before we got back to the basketball, too. So thank you, guys. Welcome to the Triple H Podcast, Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. We got you covered on everything NBA all the time. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review to this podcast on whatever platforms you uh, listen to, Spotify, Apple, anything else. Uh, Give us five stars, leave us all the comments in there, positive comments. Follow us on Instagram facebook and twitter at happy hour hoops one for all the hoops content that you can get and uh yeah so we're we're right here in the thick of the well the end of the first round and also start of the second round because bubble schedule is weird so they just started the east second round series right ahead 
And uh, the last game that right now we'll preface this recording and it's just coming out of halftime in game seven of Oklahoma City Houston. So we might be able to talk about that a little bit later, but we're going to lead off here with the best team, best team in the league the during the regular season and most likely two time MVP and defensive player of the year. Giannis Antetokounmpo's team going down 2-0 <laughs> to yeah. the Miami Heat. Uh, what are your thoughts on that quickly as that game ended just about an hour ago? We saw the Heat win 116-114. Yeah, my thoughts on that are, you know, someone someone tells me that, I don't know, halfway through the season, even beginning of the bubble, that, excuse me, the, the Heat would take a 2-0 series lead on the Bucks. I, w- I would have been shocked. Um, I, I just they, the Bucks just don't don't look good. I mean, they struggled in some of those seeding games that you could tell they were kind of off. But I I would have figured that by the time these playoff games come around, Giannis would have regrouped, and then the guys around him. I mean, a lot of this falls on Giannis, right? Like he's he feels the pressure right now. He is the MVP, or he should be the MVP. He's Defensive Player of the Year, and he needs to make the guys that are around him better and it's just he doesn't look himself and he's definitely not making the guys around him better and the heat are just they're looking too deep no bro i said this before the podcast too like i'm i'm i think i'm done with Giannis. like i think until he proves it until he proves it more than not because we've seen this how many years in a row now that they get into these tight situations at the end of games in the playoffs and he's basically a non-factor like he literally can't create off the dribble he can't create anything for himself he can't shoot so what does he offer at in an end game situation when someone needs to create a shot they've got george hill and kyle corver out there to, and those guys i mean they can hit threes at, but at the end of the games to get a shot like those are the guys that you're going to for th- late three yeah just create any kind of shot you got chris middleton who you know misses a three in the last two minutes misses a layup in the last two minutes they just don't have like the creators and like you said the heat are just they look deeper besides Giannis like who's the MVP and everything but after that like I'd rather have probably six heat players and that's the story of the series once we get into the Celtics series too like I'd rather have Butler, Hero, Bam like all these guys in this situation than these Bucks players right now and I I gotta I gotta harp on this a little bit we we mentioned Middleton and Giannis obviously the one-two punch for the Milwaukee Bucks and Middleton scored 20 plus both games one and game two I think at 23 and 28 in those games but he doesn't look like the number two guy like he just doesn't like you mentioned down the stretch he missed a three he missed a layup like he just doesn't appear to have that funk or uh, he's missing something like him and Giannis just don't look right and I also want to mention this because this is just it's now proven that this was incorrect. I was I thought this was my Celtics bias before, but I think before the playoffs started, Bleacher Report put out like a a top ten duos in the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. and the and Middleton and Giannis were like far above Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and that is just so wrong, it's, dude. It, like Giannis is obviously a far superior player than both of those guys. Well, not far superior to Tatum, but superior to, to both of them. But Middleton just isn't. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that that duo that duo does not look anywhere close to better than Tatum and Brown right now in the playoffs. And no, I was gonna say the way Jason Tatum's playing right now, you can't really you can't justify that that much at all. Yeah, 
uh, it was just uh, that that just came to mind watching these first two games between the Bucks and the Heat. But yeah, they they have to figure out something fast because I thought I, they got I thought the Bucks were out, the team. <laughs> yeah, I think the Heat are just. I think Coach. I think Spo is just a much better coach than Coach Bud. Coach yep. Bud, he never makes adjustments. You see that on NBA Twitter all the time, and it's so true. Dude doesn't make any adjustments, and they don't have the bench to go to to get. And he, who's the guy coming off the bench to get like swing the game twenty points for them? Like they don't have a guy. Marvin Williams doing that. <laughs> like I hope Marvin, not. Wesley Matthews isn't doing it. Like Corver yeah. is not doing it. They they don't get any. You we've seen how Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. Like you especially mm-hmm. know Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. Oh, I know. It happens every year, and it's the same thing happening again this year too. Yeah. George Hill, same thing. Um, so oh, I, I mean, their they, guards just cannot keep up with anyone in Miami. Drogic, Harrow, Robinson, all those guys are just having their way with Milwaukee's guards. Yeah, and like I said, like we were talking about earlier, like I'd rather have those three guards than the set of guards at Milwaukee. Like every situation besides Giannis, I'd rather have the the uh, Heat player. And it right. comes to this point is that I don't think Giannis. I don't think he's on that tier of players right now that can just go, you know, get his own shot and really create in clutch moments like that. Like he needs somebody like Jimmy, like Chris Middleton needs to be doing what Jimmy Butler's doing right now for Giannis to make things easier for him. It goes, it goes overlooked, but neither of those guys really have that great of a handle. Giannis can get his he he can get his own shot. He doesn't necessarily create his own shot. I mean, he can obviously work guys in the post, and he's so strong and has these long strides that that's how he gets to the hoop. But he's not he's not making any separation with the dribble. And neither is Middleton. Middleton's good coming off screens. He Middleton's also good in the post. He's a bigger guard. He can shoot over defenders. But yeah, I mean, but for your two best players to not be the best creators, it's. It's, it's tough. tough, and the Miami Heat are definitely exposing it. Um, before we move on from Bucks Heat, what do you got? Uh, heat up 2-0 right now. How do you how do you see the rest of the series panning out? I think it's going to be the Heat and Heat and six. Mm-hmm. We said Heat. I said Heat and seven last week. I but even seeing the Bucks win two games at this point is going to be tough. Like tonight, they were close in this game tonight again. But it was closer than it should have been. Like the Heat were up by yeah. six with like 14 seconds left, and a bad it was a bad turnover, and just it was some unlucky Fouled bounces to get. Yeah, like it was just unlucky to get to that point, and they got bailed out at the end. But it's still just it does. They like where's the adjustment? What what can the Bucks? What more can the Bucks do? You know what yeah. I mean? Like Giannis isn't gonna get a strap in the next three games. They He's can't. Not, they can't Middle- really go big against unless Chris team, Middleton either. like turns it up to like a super duper star level yeah. and just starts filling it up. He's like, gonna need to. That's their only. That's really their only card that they have left. Otherwise, the Heat are just better. Yep, I agree. Definitely, I'm definitely taking the Heat in this series. I think, even though it was early, it was just Game Two tonight. I really think the way the Heat came out and kind of shocked the Bucks in Game One. I think this. Not a must win, but I really think it hurts that the Bucks did not did not steal this one tonight. I think they needed they they wanted an even series. You know what really hurts one. them is that these games were in Orlando at an empty gym and not Milwaukee. Yeah, because yep. like for real, like they're like one of the best home teams in the NBA, and 
I think that they, if you add in a home crowd, they might be up to, Oh, just because of that. Like we, like we're, we're, that's one of the things that I don't know if it's true or not that it's happening yet, but it could be like, if one of these games in the conference finals was going to be like a team's down three, two going somewhere, like it's going to be a lot easier for them to come back. Like we just saw with the, the nuggets coming back three, one on the jazz, like there hasn't been a lot of three, one comebacks. And we just saw one in the first round. There's gotta be something to do with not having to go. They had to go to Utah for a game six. It would have been a lot harder to pull that, you know, masterful performance that Murray had in that game. Like that's a lot harder to do on the road. Exactly. So I think those are affecting these good teams too a lot, but um, anyways, we'll move, keep moving on to the other series in the East and Dunny, I'm just going to let you go on this one. Just, I, I, you 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 get the floor here because they've deserved it. Six and all out. right. Well, yep. Um, if we do any visuals with this, I'll show you guys all my. I got my Celtics gear on. I came prepared for this. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to all the you know the the Sixers Twitter pages at the beginning of the year. Uh, uh, Raptors Raptors basketball Twitter. You know, they seem a little quiet right now. Sixers are silent right now, and they should be. They, they, we've, we've already sent them home. Celtics undefeated in the playoffs. Um, so are the Miami Heat. But, yeah, I mean, the Celtics have just looked – honestly, they're impressing me, and I thought they were going to play well, but they, they're kind of going off on the Raptors. The Raptors don't look like they have answers. And, I mean, Smart's, Smart's doing his thing in this series, and I, I mentioned that our, on our last podcast with Hayward down and Smart not having a particularly – How ridiculous was that fourth quarter the other day? Oh you have gosh. to admit that was like – you were probably just like, come on. Like, I've watched oh, – like, yeah, we watched like, all the Marcus Smart the last couple of years, and he always pulls that shit off. But every time you're just like, are you serious, bro? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> – I was jumping off my couch. I mean, he literally saved them the game. It could have easily been a series series tied 1-1, but Marcus Smart had other plans, and that's what it needs to be. That's the scary thing about the Celtics, that you look at Brown, Brown Tatum, and Kemba. They're, they're going to get 15-plus every night. I mean, that's almost a given. Tatum's getting, like, almost 30 a night in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then it, all they need is that one other guy to have, you know, like 12-plus points, and they should be set. Um, as far as offense goes and smart with Hayward down just stepped up in a big way in the first two games, as you mentioned, the, you can't really anticipate that happening from smart in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, but yeah, they just look like they're too much for, for the Raptors, the Raptors, they're not getting out enough from somebody, you know, the, I think the, the first game, it was their well, bench. It's Pascal. I mean, Pascal yeah. is the dude that they need to be like, he needs to be scoring 30 points a game right now, honestly. And he's not, yeah. He, I mean, he hasn't played well in the bubble at all. No. Uh, Lowry and Van Fleet, they've been, they've been balling. They've had good games. Not Again, but it's just not enough. And you mentioned Pascal. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, mostly Jalen Brown, have been giving him so many issues. Like, yeah. Brown is holding. Well, he, he doesn't have any, like, he's not enough, like, uh, he's not like a decorated, skilled offensive no. like, player. Like, he's like, he can get to the rim because he's just a beast. But, like. He's not He's really tough. creating his own shot that right. often either. It's kind of the same thing as like Giannis. Like what you don't see Pascal Siakam like breaking somebody down for like a pull up jumper ever. Yeah, they both do that stupid spin move in the post literally <laughs> exactly. every every play. I saw Giannis do that like three times tonight and get stripped, and that that's Pascal's thing now too. But um, yeah, I don't know between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum stepping up on the defensive end, and then 
I mean, smart being smart on that end. You know, you know who is the X Factor? <laughs> Hold up. You know what? You know who you are? What the funniest thing is? I'm looking over here, and me and you can both relate to this. And Jeff Green it has 10 points now. He just hit a three, and he's two for two for three. Wow. Like, why is Jeff Green putting up these numbers in game seven in 2020? Oh That's my just God. ridiculous. Anyways, yeah, keep what? going. I, w- I would have guessed that <laughs> this was 2012. <laughs> Love Jeff Green. Um, I love Jeff. You can't hate Jeff Green, but it's just amazing. Dude's yeah, you're on, like, a dick. All, if you every hate, team in the league. You're a huge dick if you hate Jeff Green. <laughs> um, but also, X Factor in this series is Robert Williams. I mean, this dude is just providing exactly yeah. exactly what the Celtics need. We talked about that they, they might be the Celtics might be a little screwed on the interior. We thought it in the first series too against the 76ers, but Sixers just didn't even show up. And then you have, I mean, you have athletic, you know, bouncy guys on the Raptors. And then you also throw in Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol, who can certainly give you problems on well, the Well, Gasol's interior. looked like shit, though. Oh, my That's God. That's one yeah, of the things. He has looked like he's un, almost unplayable against the the way that the Celtics play. Like, he's almost unplayable. He has nothing to offer against think, Tatum or Jalen Brown I think all. he's a, he got a little complacent after grabbing his ring last year. Yeah, really. Like, he's, he's the, like... He hasn't showed up for games one or two. That's for no. sure. So the the story of the series for me is that the Celtics just have the best three players on the floor at all times. Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to. Like I would rather have on this and any of these teams. I'd rather have Kemba Walker. I'd rather have Jalen Brown. I'd rather have Jason Tatum. If Pascal was playing better, if he was playing up to like the standard that he's getting paid to do and what they expect from him in his role, he should definitely be in that top three. And that's when it would be a series, but you can't count on like Van Vliet and Lowry going up and scoring and going toe to toe with the way Tatum has been playing and Kemba walk, just, just those two alone. No, no, I mean, I mean, Jalen Brown obviously deserves the respect, but just the scoring of Kemba and Tatum would be, I think enough to give Toronto trouble in this series. And then you add in Jalen, they don't have answers for the three best guys on the Celtics and those dudes are just superstars now like that's they're not it's not young guys that are trying to like earn their spot from two years ago against the Cavs right it's they're they're they've been there they've seen they've been through like the wars now they're not gonna be scared away by the championship pedigree that the Raptors were talking about yeah I mean for me it's really Gasol and Siakam are obvious issues which we already pointed out and then outside of that, it's really, it really just has to be, you know, an unlikely hero from someone off the bench stepping up. Or Which if there's those... any team in the league that can do that, it's the Raptors. The Raptors yeah. always have some random dude going off for 25, it seems like. But you don't want to count on that. But, I mean, even in game two, like, Lowry played well enough. Van Fleet was lighting it up in the first half, honestly. He cooled off. Um, but I, I was getting scared there for a minute. I thought Van Fleet was going to do his thing after after getting a visit from his kids i thought he was gonna get a little <laughs> a little skill boost but um daniel house just tried to end somebody and just hit the rim so hard oh, no. um but yeah no it's got to be gasol or siakam they got to step up i mean it's definitely not Serge Ibaka. he's not the problem he he played he's been playing brilliant yeah the entire playoffs um, but I just like you mentioned, it's probably just none the star of, power of the Celtics. It really is like none of the, you're saying all these Raptors team, and they're all good. They're all good players, but none of these names are popping like as a scorer, as a player mm-hmm. to you. And it's, 
I guess we all overlooked it just talking about the Raptors because they're such a good team. But when you get into this kind of, you know, in the playoffs, it comes down to late game scenarios and you've got a dude on the other team playing like Jason Tatum is playing or a dude like Kevin Walker, who we know we've seen him make big shot after big shot. And you don't have a guy that you can just go to for that. It's kind of hard to, you know, do anything, no matter how good of a coach Nick Nurse is and no matter how good of a team you are. You don't have a, just a guy that can go get his shot. We've clearly seen the value of that in both these East series so far of the teams yeah. that are up 2-0. And Nick Nurse, after game two, was complaining about the referees and Marcus Smart. I mean, you know uh-huh. you know if that's the stage that you're at after a game, then you've, you've already lost. Like yep. he, he's already lost. You can't let the flop get in your head, bro. Yeah, you I mean, let it go. you got to know that's on the scouting report. Smart will do that shit to you. If you're bothered by that – and after game two then you got a long series yep so well it might not be a long series for the yeah or a short series (laughs) Um, it's gonna feel like a long series but it'll probably be another sweep for the celtics i'm going before we move on to the next thing i'm i I was silly to think that it would take six games to beat the sixers i'm going celtics and four in the series i think and i think another sweep for the for the boys in green i I don't want. I already feel bad going against my Raptors to the finals pick that I was so <laughs> hyped up about making. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna say a sweep, but I'll say Celtics in six. They, uh, you know, yeah, I'm gonna keep it at six. But that, there's the Celtics are the they're just better than that. Like we deserve Celtics Heat in the East Finals. Yep. Those are the two best teams in the bubble. Like in the east those have been the two those are the two most complete teams and those like you who would you rather see you'd ride if i was i'd, rather, fan, see I'd rather see milwaukee I'd, right oh, now i've been, than, I've, been I'd be I've been saying that since before game one i've literally said that i said <laughs> that to my friends fucking terrified of miami right now yeah i don't i don't want i don't want anything to do with those guys they they look great both sides of the ball and like you mentioned coach spo is just a basketball wizard so, uh, yeah, I would definitely – I'd rather see Milwaukee, definitely not likely. And I think, obviously looking very far ahead, both series are only at 2-0, but I think Heat-Celtics would be a great uh, conference finals matchup. Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler might kill each other by the end of that series. Yeah, and Mark Smart. They might all just kill each other. Iguodala oh, you, on the other yeah. side, too. Someone's going to – there's going to be Crowder, a Crowder, too. Crowder's got bad blood with the Oh, series. that's true. I didn't forget anything about that. Yeah, there's going to be a fight in that series for sure. Yeah. I wish they were in we, – we, oh, man, that's going to be the series I missed. The, the, between that and the L.A. series, that's probably going to be in the West Finals. Those yep. cities deserve to be in the home cities because Boston-Miami series we've gotten in our lifetime, and we get to see it again now. Another weird way. It's crazy. All right, let's move on to uh, Clippers-Nuggets is the the – first series set up in the west and uh the mm-hmm. nuggets and jazz had a terrible game seven last night one of the worst games ever watched, uh in a game seven but it's still game seven basketball and uh nuggets pulled out the series um and it was the story of this series was really just you know kind of not really the coming out party like we knew what these dudes could do but a real uh, a step up in superstar yeah, level. a real for, emergence uh, yeah for, for Jamal two. Murray and for Donovan Mitchell but the winning guy let's talk about the winning team here and Jamal Murray and what he did the last three games to bring the Nuggets back yeah I want to I, I gotta 
stem back to after game one because so Nuggets won game one, right? But Donovan Mitchell had 57 mm-hmm. for the Jazz. And I remember on um, social media, you saw Jamal Murray like take a video of Donovan Mitchell like by the pool later. And he was like, oh, this dude had 57 on us last night. And then like from that point on, it was just a, a battle all series long. Yep. Jamal Murray really took the reins of the Denver Nuggets. I, you know, going into the playoffs, I thought it was going to be so much Jokic. Like, we we're going to see 30-point triple doubles like every other night from this dude. But Murray, you know, put the team on his back. Like, I, I, I can't even explain. Like, I, I was just so shocked. I didn't know he had some of this game that he, he showed on the I don't the court, think he did. Know? I think this is new information. <laughs> yeah. I think we were we were told one thing and then the variable changed. And, the bar- like, Jamal Murray, like, he didn't have that in him before. And he found he just something. so confident, <laughs> dude. Like, he had yeah. the ability to fill it up. But we we talked about Jamal Murray, and you just know, like, he's just an inconsistent. Like, he's just boomer bust. Like, there are the games. Yeah. And even last night, he ended up – I think he ended up with 20-something. But he was, like, 13 in the fourth quarter around there. Jokic is the real guy. He had 30 last night. But Jamal, like, it's either he fills it up or he, you know, has some bad shooting performances. But this was the most consistently outstanding set of uh, circumstances the craziest stat is the stat that everybody's already seen probably but jamal murray and uh jamal murray and donovan mitchell joined alan iverson and michael jordan as two players having 40 point games in the series yeah like, unbelievable like that's a ridiculous stat and the fact that it's in the same series just talks about how these dudes were going after each other and matching up with each other and just the greatness we got to see from two young guys yeah, I think this is – I think this series is a real treat. And I think maybe it, it's getting looked over now, but I think in years to come, looking back at playoff basketball, especially – I mean, this this season alone is going to get looked back at so much <laughs> just because it was in a freaking bubble and there was no fans. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I just think as far as, like, traditional basketball fan, maybe if you're an old-school basketball fan or what, or you just, like, like the sport for what it is, I think this was such a great series. I mean, you had the heart in it. You had the drama. You had the 50-point games from both uh, from opposing players. A lot of back-to-the-basket interior play on both teams between Gobert and Jokic. D- defensive studs on both teams. Um, and then Game 7, you mentioned it was, it was sloppy. I mean, it was like, what, 80 to 78? Mm-hmm. But it was, a def- it was a defensive battle. I mean, you kind of – you used to expect stuff like that in the game seven. Yeah. When, that's you're now, saying that the Rockets uh, thunder is 80 to 78. Like, as you said that, that's weird. Oh yeah. Wow. That is weird. That is <laughs> that, there's a minute what left in the third quarter. <laughs> I was going yeah, to say, what is it like halftime? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't expect any Rockets game to ever be, <laughs> to ever be that low scoring as long as James Harden's on the team. No, not at all. But yeah, I mean the, the Nuggets, their their size and depth, I think, helped them finish finish off mm-hmm. this series. They they needed it, and um, yeah, they prevailed. And Here's obviously, the, the Jazz the Jazz were missing some serious scoring, and yeah. Donovan Mitchell couldn't do it on his own. But it was a dog fight, and uh, the Jazz pulled through. Well, that's what it came, that's what it came down to me for too. Is that I mean, Jokic and Murray are superstars, and there was one superstar on the other side. As good as Gobert is, he's not that offensively, and Donovan just couldn't couldn't fill it up alongside uh, just battling up against the way those two dudes are. And the Nuggets, I mean, it was a great series, and the Jazz, I mean, 
fuck, the Jazz played better than I thought they were going to going into the yep. playoffs, that's for sure. I was ready for them to get walked over, and uh, they look great. And Donovan Mitchell, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna have something to say eventually yep. in his career. That dude's, a, that dude's an animal. And, He'll uh, be back. Proved He'll it again, yeah. For sure. But um, I'm going on to this series that they're about to have. I give them a – point zero 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 one percent chance of beating the clippers <laughs> and i give them like a five percent chance of even winning a game i think the clippers are going to really? sweep them yeah I, who's gonna like who's who's checking Kawhi leonard yeah no one that's and i just don't think that that's going to happen and i think Kawhi is good or pat bev jamal murray is not going to He's going to get guarded, actually. No one was guarding him on the Jazz. No one was playing defense in that series until game yeah. seven. Mitchell um, was exerting too much energy on the offense and to keep up with Murray on the other Exactly. End. And the Clippers just have so many dudes to throw at him. Jokic might have a nice series because Zubac and Harrell aren't going to be really to defend him, but they'll take Jokic doing whatever if they can shut down Murray. I just think the Clippers maybe, – maybe it'll be five just because that's what the Clippers – the Clippers will have some game where they're – yeah, just not going to show up because that's what they've done all year. The Clippers will have some game when Marcus Morris just fouls everyone, <laughs> and then they get their Paul heads George out scores of it. four points. Yeah, on two of nineteen shooting or something. Yeah, yeah. they might have that game, but I'm going to say Clippers in four, and it's pretty pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. The Clippers are going to win this series. Um, I think the Nuggets might have some sort of momentum moving in. I think maybe. I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be a sweep. Like you said, I think they'll steal one, maybe two, but it's definitely gonna be a Clippers dominant series. Um, I mean, between the depth of the Clippers and then I think just the inexperience for some guys on the on the Nuggets. I mean, you know, they they obviously made a playoff run last year, and Murray is coming off an unbelievable series, but I just he's not gonna keep that up as you mentioned between the defense of Leonard, Paul George, Pat Bev, like they're, they're all going to give him all sorts of problems and team defense too. Like he's not, he's not going to have as much ISO situations as he did against the jazz. And uh, I thought he would be more of an X, X factor, but MPJ, um, Michael Porter Jr. had just hasn't looked as good as he did in those seeding games where he showed no showed some some bright and signs. It's not going to happen against the Clippers either. And yeah, sure. I was going to say that's not that's not a time where he uh, a guy like him is going to emerge. So he's going to have you know a backseat role to guys like Millsap and Grant, where they'll probably get the nod just for the experience and you know strength and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think I think. <laughs> As you put it here in the notes, the Nuggets probably will get smacked by the Clippers. <laughs> yep, that's that's really what it comes to. I don't. I think that's like the easily the least interesting second round series. We, I mean, I mean, two of them could be halfway done already. So who knows? But out of the West, for sure, it's not as interesting as the Lakers and whoever they're going to play. Um, mm-hmm. So we can. Uh, I think we can go forward to that one. Um, we're still fourth quarter, about to start in this. Game seven. Uh, the Rockets are currently up 85 to 80. So the Lakers are going to play either of these teams starting in round one. Um, I guess let's just let's just run through the uh, both the matchups quick. I think we both think the Lakers would win regardless. Anyways, yep. um, it's a lot more interesting just in NBA talk. If the if it's Lakers Thunder, that means we're going to get a long summer or I guess not summer because it's summer now fall. That's weird to say long <laughs> off season of uh rockets drama will be happening if they lose this first round series to Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, so that could be a big game changer. The next time we talk, 
um, since this game's going on right now. They're up by five going into the fourth quarter, but the best clutch team in the NBA is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we'll see what happens going forward on there. But um, Lakers-Rockets, I think, is an interesting matchup just because the Lakers are going to play two centers, basically, with Anthony Davis and whoever, and the Rockets are going to play P.J. Tucker at center. <laughs> like, Anthony Davis is going to score 40 points probably and get 15 rebounds but if the rockets can hit threes it yeah. might not matter but the fact that they've had so much trouble in this series against the thunder when at the beginning it really didn't look like they should have that kind of trouble and now they're on the ropes i mean not on the ropes but they i mean they could very well lose this game in game seven um i think it's just going to be lakers and five against the rockets yeah and i i think the lakers will definitely get it done too but this kind of poses the same question as when the, the Lakers were going up against the Trailblazers before Dame got hurt. But, I mean, you had Dame and C.J. McCollum in that, in that first series, and now you have Westbrook and Harden. Does that – do they still have that same problem where their guard play can't really keep For up sure. with these two yeah. guys? For sure. Um, so, I mean, and, I mean, Harden and, Harden and Westbrook have definitely looked underwhelming went on the court together i mean westbrook obviously missed a good chunk of this series but if they if they play to their their true ability they they could definitely give the lakers some serious problems and i think i think they could pull it to six games you know i think they could drag that series on but i agree i think the lakers they'll probably just be too much i mean between the size, as you mentioned davis is going to have his way and then it's kind of same thing the trailblazers or same problem the trail trailblazers had the rockets don't really have anyone to guard lebron yeah and it's, i mean robert covington like every everyone talks about how great of a defender he is he's not he's not shutting down lebron no and they're not touching anthony davis with anybody on that either no. and i think the the thunder as we're talking about it here they run into the same problems too um i mean steven Adams is going to get steven Adams might get a little more run in that series because it's going to be a lot bigger of a team so he might get to have more of an impact mm -hmm. but Anthony Davis is going to get buckets against Gallinari or whoever's on him and if Adams isn't on him then their center is going to get buckets and there's nobody for LeBron on the Thunder they're going to play a bunch of guards the whole game I mean but that's not you can't do that you're not going to be effective against LeBron that way that's another series I see to be four or five games I think just the Lakers haven't looked didn't look great to me in that series against Portland, but they're just too high powered to get have any trouble with these teams, either the Rockets or the Thunder. They, the real trouble starts for them when they play another superstar leading team, when, like when they run when they run into the Clippers, like we think is going to happen in the West Finals. Yeah, and you know, just before we move on here, um, we've talked about how te like certain teams as a whole like haven't you know, really maybe played their brand of basketball because of the due to the lack of fans or no fans rather. And uh, it's, it's changed series. It's changed ball games, but in particular, I think LeBron hasn't really fully adjusted to that. I feel like LeBron's such a guy who relies so heavily on the fans and the atmosphere yeah. and really thrives off that. And he's, he said, I mean, like, halfway through the first round that it's, it feels weird to him like well the fans and mm -hmm. I think whoever the Lakers player in trouble if he figures that out and I honestly think he's going to in this series where we're just going to see him get used to the no fans you know he's he's been on this court now for a few 
the same core for a few months, and I think he could really turn into playoff brawn here. And, you know, this next series, even these next two series, he could just completely take over and do it on his own. I mean, he's capable of that still in year 17. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I think that, he, yeah, like you said, he's he's mentioned that he's been having trouble adjusting to just the bubble life and everything. Maybe with his family coming, I'm assuming his family's coming with everybody coming in the second round and everything. Um, that'll probably make it at least a little feel better for LeBron. He's such a big family guy and everything. He shows that yeah. all the time. But he's he started turning it on at the end of that series. That last game, he had 30 on 10 and 12. Like he was, You could tell he's starting to figure it out, but he also figured out there was nobody on the trailblazers that could do anything to him you know and that's the same series same set in this series so the lakers should be able to get out of this pretty quickly and lebron's gonna get his but his he knows that his real challenge is is uh the other la team yeah all right so for today's buzzer beater we just want to shout out a couple of our we said we were going to do this a couple weeks ago we never did so our fans of the week we're going to do three of them today donnie you want to not come off here uh yeah we're gonna go with uh our mutual friend here brett Lindsay. yeah uh, brett brett's been one of my close friends pretty much since birth just about we went through uh daycare together and then all through school he's always interacting with us on twitter texting us you know listening to the pods and we we greatly appreciate you brett also um my old boss and close friend Austin Graham, who's always interacting with us on Twitter, encouraging us to put out new episodes. He said today <laughs> he was he was itching for a new one, so he got his wish. Um, he's Austin's always interacting, you know, liking our tweets and stuff. So we definitely appreciate that. And then the last one, Jake, would be your my father. My pops, yeah, appreciate yeah. <laughs> you. My, dad, my dad's a, uh, always on Twitter, always supporting everything. So if you ever see Happy Hour Hoops content, there's a good chance that he'll at least have been putting it out there with us too. So we appreciate yes, that. Appreciate that. Brett. Appreciate Austin. All the love and support from all our fans. We can't. It's uh, we can't say enough how much we appreciate uh, people reaching out and telling us what they think and telling us they listen and just you know enjoying the show. Uh, we have fun doing it. We're glad that you guys have been enjoying listening to it for sure. Yeah, it means a lot, guys, and we thank you. Yes, sir. All right, Donnie. Uh, so for the next week, we got – we'll see what happens. And uh, maybe the Celtics will be down 3-2 to the Raptors and all this podcast <laughs> will be completely <laughs> wiped away. I really hope that doesn't happen <laughs> for a couple of reasons. <laughs> Mostly because my, my fandom, uh, my Celtics fandom, will just be shot and – be deep into the ground yeah. and two because i'll have to go back on everything that i said yep that's <laughs> i'm just saying we gotta just keep uh cold takes exposed ready yeah that is that just is a possibility <laughs> because yeah, keep it ready yep <laughs> all right uh thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode of happy hour hoops don't forget to rate subscribe and review on spotify and apple and have a good weekend watching basketball fans later guys Ha, 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 ha.